another lesson on prayer. I think we could probably teach for a whole year just on prayer because there's a lots to it here and uh, we've still got some more Bible studies to do. I'm trying to kind of focus on certain areas of prayer. Um, last Wednesday night I believe was very good. There's lots of things there that I think some of you have had some of you texting me and telling me that you hadn't seen before in the Word of God and and that's what it, you, the reason why you should be coming to church amen is for us to learn more and more uh, two things that go together is prayer and obedience prayer and obedience prayer and obedience I'd like for you to turn if you would Acts 9 we're going to read several verses here I tonight we're going to do quite a bit of reading Word of God, because we're going to look at samples, examples of, of prayer in the Bible and how God works, and so it's good for us to just read it straight from the Word of God. I put it, could have put it on slides, but I thought it'd be get better if we would just read it. Acts chapter 9, and we'll have a few people read tonight. If somebody would like to read 1 through 5 of Acts chapter 9, most of you know this is about Saul, who is about to become Paul, so... Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Who would like to begin this? Brother Walker, go ahead. Just a moment, we have somebody read 6 through 10. Do you realize that Saul was not converted yet? Did you know that God speaks to people that are not saved? <laughs> he doesn't just speak to the Holy Ghost filled saints of God, but God speaks to sinners. Ready? God speaks to very religious people. This testimony that Bishop gave tonight, this man that is already a minister, churches that are already quote-unquote claimed to be saints of God, God talked to them. Because he hadn't talked to them, they wouldn't have got baptized in Jesus' name. Here's, we can't minimize the power of our God in Him communicating to people we are witnessing to. It's not just about you speaking to them, but it's about you praying and getting a hold of God for them. And then God, because He sees your burden and passion, then speaking to them. See... When we work together, God preparing the heart and us sowing the seed, that's when we're going to have revival. Saul was a, an extremely religious man, very zealous for the things of God. 
and yet he wasn't walking in truth. Yet there was a God that can lead him into all truth. And it happened right here. He talked to him. Thank God that God still talks to people. Amen. Thank God he still talks to us. Amen. Six through ten, someone. Go ahead, Brother Anderson. It's interesting here. How did how did Saul get to Damascus? Oh, he was led by a hand. Oh, yeah, that's true. But his journey started because he was communicating with God. Now, I pick up when I read about Saul, he didn't do anything that he did not want to do. Saul was one of those guys, you were not going to force him to go anywhere he did not want to go. Or do anything that he did not want to do. So the reality of the matter is, he wasn't, I don't care what had happened, he wasn't going anywhere unless God had talked to him. But God talked to him, communication, call it prayer, call it whatever you want to, God talking to him and him talking to God started him on his journey to conversion. Because it all starts with prayer. It all starts with prayer, folks. Now look at this. Did you see in verse number 10? Saul, now he's been praying to God and God's been talking to him and they've been having this communication and all of a sudden God starts working on the other side of the fence too. Now God starts talking to Ananias. I'm telling you, I think we would be shocked if we really knew and could see to whom God is speaking right now. Right now. Individuals we are praying for and some individuals are not even on our prayer list right now. That even when they are at night about to lay down their head on their pillow, God's talking to them. I've had backsliders tell me, you know what? It just seems like when I'm by myself, sounds like I can hear God. Somebody tell me that just a few months ago. Seriously? Hmm. You're sure you're not just hearing little voices in your head? It's not little voices in their head. It's God talking and dealing with them, folks. Again, I think we'd be surprised if we really could see what all God is doing right now in the minds and the hearts of people. Now, we're giving them what we think they need, and God's giving them what he knows they need. Our job is to continue to pray. Amen. You ready for this? We may not say the right thing, 
but God can help through the words we say still deal with them through the things he says to them in the midnight hour. You know, people right now, they could be right now sitting on a bar stool and already had a few too many drinks. And at that time, all of their defenses are down and God can be dealing with them right now. Come on, folks. I believe God's doing more than we see right now. And I'm excited about what he's about to do. And all of this, look at all the communication between these people and God. Why? Prayer is important. We're going to have conversion. If we're going to have change, we're going to have revival. We're going to have to have prayer. We're going to have to be talking to God. It's in the book. Somebody else, 11 through 15. We're going slow tonight on these verses, 11 through 15. Anybody? Not everybody at once, Brother Bert. Sixteen through twenty. Somebody else. Anybody have comments on it? Through verse twenty. Sixteen through twenty. Anybody? Yes, Brother Hendrickson. Everybody say amen to that. In these 20 verses, if you have a red letter edition Bible, you'll recognize that eight different verses contain red letters. What that's saying to you is that's in eight different verses here, God was talking. God was talking. Do you realize that we have two main characters in this thing? How many of you believe that Ananias was saved? Bible says a certain disciple, he was saved. Well, it's so interesting that in his conversation with God, his own thoughts were changed. Not just Saul, 
Saul's was changed, but also someone who was a Holy Ghost-filled disciple had to have a conversation with God before his mind would be changed. Somebody hearing me? We as saints of God need prayer because prayer can change the way we think. And you may say, I've had the Holy Ghost. Yep, but you also are flesh. Preached it Sunday morning. Preached about it. Folks, the Holy Ghost is not a cure-all for everything. It doesn't take away every issue we have. We still have issues we are dealing with, and, and it's a process we go through. And the main thing that helps us in that process is prayer. Ananias' actions were because of his prayer. He changed the way he thought. He changed his actions based on his time with God in prayer. This is a great example for us, church. This world is affecting the way the church is thinking. You can say it's not true, but it absolutely is true. And I could right now... Just ask questions and have you answer them and show you how we are being affected. Because I talk to you people at times and I hear statements we make and I'm going, whoa, this world is really affected. It's not about sin. It's just affecting the way we reason that's not really according to the Word of God. That's why we need prayer to help us with our thinking that it's contrary to the Word of God and His will. The will of God was for Ananias to go help Saul convert him. <laughs> but Ananias' flesh said, I don't want to die. <laughs> but a prayer changed it all. Prayer changed the life of two individuals in this portion of Scripture. I think prayer is important. How about you? Disobedience to God and His Word affects the results of our prayers. It does. Oh, it does. Oh, yes, it does. We're going to get in. This slide is at least one more Bible study. I couldn't go because I started down this way, and I realized there's so many slides for that. I took them out and put them in another Bible study because there's so much in just this statement right here. But I did want to insert this statement before we go. Is you're, you've, got your, you've got your little uh, handouts there, and we're going to go to uh, Acts chapter 10 and look at the latter verses of Acts chapter 10. But I want to look at this story. Acts chapter 10, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. This is Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Now this is the Jews, folks. This is the Jews. They are absolutely astonished. All of these that came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, and this shouldn't happen. <laughs> According to them, this shouldn't happen, for because it's only for this exclusive group of people called the Jews. God's children. I'm letting that sink in. 
because it's important, I believe, to the story itself. These people felt like they had the corner on the market. They were the only ones who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were the elite. Why? Because they were looking at some of the precedent that had been set that only the children of Israel were able to access certain things in God. So they simply believed then that applied to this also. So all these unclean people and uncircumcised people cannot have access to these things in God. This is important. They were supposed to be kept out. They had no right to it. Ready? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now most of you have heard that story before. Holy Ghost outpouring. So, means to the end. What brought about Acts chapter 10? What brought about God pouring out His Spirit and filling individuals that are uncircumcised individuals? Individuals that were outcasts. The individuals that were considered heathens. But what brought about this outpouring in Acts chapter 10? Why was Cornelius chosen to be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost? Why, why, did he, why was he chosen? Well, let's go to the book and find out. Did you go to Acts chapter 10? I did not put those on slides tonight because I thought we needed to look at them. Acts chapter 10, we're going to look at the first eight verses. We looked at the latter part and that was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But there's a key to reason why Cornelius, yeah, a Gentile, the outcast, the uncircumcised. Why was he the one that was chosen to receive the Holy Ghost? Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. Somebody want to read 1 through 4 and then somebody else 5 through 8 tonight? Anybody? Those that have already read can read again if somebody's not going to help us out here. Anybody? Anybody want to read? Any? Yes, Brother Burton, go ahead. And that's not a music group, okay? It's not a music group, okay? That's not why he's saying the Italian band, all right? He was in the military, folks. Go ahead. Five through eight, anybody? Thank you, Brother Burton. Five through eight. Brother Walker, go ahead.
Now then, let's look at this. So we go back to our question, why was Cornelius chosen to be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost? The Bible says a devout man. Devout means well-reverent and godly. Well-reverent and godly. Now, let's read some more and then I'll make that comment I was about to make. And one that feared God with all his house. Feared God to be in awe of reverence. To be in awe of or reverence to God. But then you realize that there's a prepositional phrase at the end of that statement, with all his house. Cornelius influenced his family to fear and honor the Lord. I believe, parents, we have a responsibility. I believe God is writing it down in his book. Our influence upon our homes. Amen. Are we helping to encourage our family to honor the Lord and walk in the fear of the Lord? Quiet. But this is one of the things that God recognized. Is it wasn't just about Him. Parents, it's a bigger picture than just us. It's our whole entire house to be saved. It is. And that's where God was putting emphasis right there. He said, not just about you, fear Lord, but with all his house. He made sure that his house was reverent to God and feared the Lord. Amen. Which did give, uh-ohs, I'll take that away. Okay, grace, here we go again. Which did get, okay. Okay, everybody ready for it though, right? which gave much alms to the people. He was a giving man. He was a giving man. And who recognized that? <laughs> he was a giving man, he was a praying man, and God recognized that, folks. Now then, look at this. To whom did he give? Bible does not say that he gave much alms to God. The Bible says, and he gave much alms to the people. Let that sink in. See, we at times think that our duty is all done when we write our tithe check and our palace offering check. Boy, it's quiet now. <laughs> oh, boy. Cornelius caught the eye of God because he, he was giving to people too. He was showing that he cared about people and their situation too. Boy, this is good stuff. Don't, don't try to shout me down. It's good. Ready? And prayed to God always. Acts chapter 10 and verse 2. We just looked at that verse all broke down there. And prayed to God always. The prayers of Cornelius made a difference with God. The prayers of Cornelius made a difference with God, folks. Now look at here. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour. We read this. Of, of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto 
unto him Cornelius. Hey, Cornelius. Hey, he knew his name. Well, hmm. maybe he knows our name too. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? <laughs> See, he recognized it was the Lord because he had been praying. <clears throat> Sometimes I'm afraid even God talked to us, we wouldn't know it was him because we never talked to him anyway. Oh, that was good. God talks to us and we just think it's our thoughts because we never had any communication with him before and it kind of startles us. But Cornelius, he had been having a prayer time with God and immediately he said, okay, uh, I know who this is. What do you want, Lord? <laughs> and he said unto him, ready? Thy good looks and your powerful position in the government are come up for a memorial before God. Some of you are about ready to run the aisle right there. Get out your mirror and look at yourself. I don't know. It's powerful, isn't it? Your powerful position in a government. That's why you have found favor with God. Woo! Is that what the Bible says? Nope. The Bible actually says this. Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you see the very first thing that when God spoke to Cornelius, the very first words that he spoke to him, said, this is what caught my attention, prayer. This is God talking here. And the next thing was his giving. Wow. His prayers reflected his love for God given with a re reflection of what was in his heart toward God. Shoo! It's good stuff. I'm letting it just sink in a little bit. Acts 10. Let's go there if you would. We've been reading these. Just drop down to verse 30 through 33 here. We've already been reading this story, but I want us to look at verse 30 through 33 now to kind of fill in the blanks a little bit more before I finish making some points on this. We'll move on. I know some of you want me to move on. We will real soon here. Look at verse 30 through 33. Anybody want to read that for us? 30 through 33. You can read the whole thing. Does anybody else read? Yes, Sister Walker. He was doing what? Was fishing? Was it fishing? Oh, fasting. That's He was fishing. And uh, fa oh, fasting, fasting. Oh, oh. Wow, Cornelius was fasting and praying. Wow, 
Wow. Prayer preceded the Holy Ghost outpouring. Wow. Wine out of all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of Gentiles alike. Why did God choose Cornelius to be the first Gentile blessed to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The first words that God said was prayer. His word was thy prayers. And then he said thy alms. The key for him being able to be blessed received that great outpouring was his hunger for God in prayer and wanting to communicate with God. Folks, we need to recognize the importance of prayer and how much God values prayer. Not us, how much God values prayer. And we should value it the same. God gave him the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he was a praying man. God gave him the Holy Ghost because he was a praying man. God led him to truth because he was a praying man. Come on, church. I believe his giving was a reflection of his prayer life with God. Because that prayer got his life in, in line with the will of God even without the Holy Ghost. Did not have the Holy Ghost, but I believe prayer affected his giving it affected his lifestyle, affected everything about him. But prayer was the thing that made all the difference, folks. Prayer preceded Holy Ghost outpouring. Acts chapter 2. They were waning. What do you think they were doing in the upper room doing? Playing video games? No. Canasta? No. They were not playing Monopoly? No. Nothing like that. Guarantee what they were doing in the upper room. Praying. Praying. And then God poured out the Holy Ghost. We know they were praying because there's no other way they could have been in one mind and one accord unless they'd have been praying. Because you put seven people in a room, especially some of the guys with the personality that they had in just these 12 disciples. Yeah, they added the other one at the end of Acts chapter 1. So there's 12 of them now. You put them in a room for seven days, man, they're, they're not going to be in one mind and one accord unless they're praying. Because somebody's going to get on somebody's nerves. So we know they were praying. So then we know the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, what? It was preceded by prayer. It's what set the stage for a move of God. That's the reason why it is, it's not an option. It's mandated from God for us to pray at the palace of praise. Amen. When you look at the outpouring here, and I've got more verses. We're going to go to some more of them. I'm not sure if we're going to get through all of this handout tonight because we're pushing time right now. But when you look at the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the Word, you're going to find out, folks, it was preceded by prayer. That's the reason why our prayer time here is so important before church. If we want to move a God, it goes back to the prayer. Well, hallelujah. Folks.
folks, the only reason why Peter ever went down to Cornelius is because he had to have a real good communication with God. And God had to work on his knuckleheadedness. And Peter had the Holy Ghost. And he was still knuckleheaded. Read the whole first part of chapter 10. He wasn't given. He wasn't going to move. But a visitation from God in a vision and in prayer, that's what made all the difference. You ready? So then it wasn't just the prayers of Cornelius then is the reason why Cornelius received the Holy Ghost. It was also the prayers and the visitation of God with Peter that Cornelius received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I say this? Our lack of prayer may be hindering individuals from receiving the Holy Ghost at the palace of prayer. Oh, 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 you didn't look at it that way, did we? Maybe we, if we prayed more, would remove some things out of the way. Come on. So they can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's good stuff tonight. Oh, my. Let's go to this one here, persistence in prayer. I think we got a little more time. Anybody got a little more time here to get your coffee? We're not having a coffee break, so here we go. Luke chapter 11. I'm not probably going to get through this whole thing. I can see we're not going to get there, but we're going to go to another one. Luke chapter 11, 1 through 13, if you'll go there. Luke chapter 11. I told you this is, this is going to be several weeks here of Bible study that we're going to have to do to cover this. And still, there's so much I won't be able to cover. There's just, it's too much. But Luke chapter 11, let's do 1 through 5 if somebody would. 1 through 5, somebody would read for us. Yes, Brother Anderson. Verse 6. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Just keep on reading. You're doing well. Opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
Lord, teach us to pray. And that's how he just, he put it on there. That's how this thing, whole thing started. So Lord, teach us to pray. That's how all this started. <laughs> so interesting, we look at the first, it said, Our Father, which in art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. Peter had to do that too. Because Peter had to say, see, Peter's will was, Cornelius isn't supposed to get the Holy Ghost. It's the truth. You look in the book, you're going to find out. Peter was having a real problem with this because his will, because of the way he had been raised, his life, and the way he had been taught, his own flesh and his will was, I'm not going, ghost, that's what this whole thing was, the conflict was, was Peter's will against God's will. So the prayer that Peter was in and the vision that he was going through and all these things that was happening to him, what was it? it was all about getting God's will done in his life. Or, Lord, teach us to pray. Father in heaven, not my will, but thine be done, God. Peter's living in Acts chapter 10 when he's, what the Lord was telling him right here. And that is, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what prayer's about crucifying the flesh with the desires thereof that God may live in us and his will live in us amen that's what that's about and that's what Peter had to do now then ready look at this verse I said unto you though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend our relationship with one another that's not going to get the job done he's saying yet because of his nagging He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, I, I, I love my grandkids, and, and they can't do anything wrong. They're angels, okay? And I love them. And I love it when Kyla comes over on Sunday night, and she will say to me, more than one time, she will say then, shark, ju 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 Papa, shark, ju 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 Hey, Papa, shark, ju 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 she wants me to pull out my iPad and turn on that little song. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. I know it really well. I got it down. And she will ask over and over again, Papa. And then Mom and Dad will say, Kyla, no, not right now. We're eating and stuff. So then, since she's sitting beside me the other night, and they said that to her. Then she leans over on the table and gets close to Pop, and she goes, <laughs> the whole time keeping her eye on the other end of the table. <laughs> Persistent little cuss. <laughs> Importunity means. Shameless persistence in requesting or demanding. <laughs> Has anybody ever had kids nag you to death? Come on. How many of you ever nagged somebody to death? Okay. <laughs> it's the truth. We all have done that in our life. At least you're being honest today. I've seen that. Sierra had her hand up, and that's, that's your first chance there. To, you're on your way. Here we go. 
to be troublesome, to trouble with requests or demands, to ask for, for urgently. That's <laughs> what he said. That's the reason why he gave him the bread, because he was a nag. You can read it. You can look at it from any kind of translation you want to look at it, <laughs> any version of the Bible. And when you're done reading all the 400 different versions of the Bible, you're going to find out bottom line is he was a nag. Bottom line. Now then, does anybody want to tell me if you've got a red letter of Bible, edition Bible, can you tell me what color those letters are that tells about this story? So can you tell me who that is that is... Now, you ready? Get your mind around this. God is, God is telling us to be a nag. In prayer. <laughs> Got to make sure we put that all in the same box there. <laughs> That's God. God is talking, and He says, They said, Lord, Teach. And God said, be a. In prayer. Thank you, Sister Pierce. Be a nag. Well, Pastor, I don't understand why it is that we keep putting these names up there on the screen every service. Just don't know why you do that. Because we're nagging God. We are wanting the God to know that, folks, we want to see these people saved. And maybe they're not saved today, and maybe not tomorrow. And we may have had their name up there the last five years, but guess what? We're going to keep putting it up there because, according to God, that's how we get our prayers answered. Come on. If God doesn't answer it the first time, keep on praying. If you don't answer it, keep on praying. Third time, keep on praying. Keep bombarding heaven until God responds according to His perfect will. Amen, church. And that's exactly. He said, teach us to pray. He said, keep on praying. That's the bottom line. And look at that. It says, to be troublesome. To trouble with requests or demands. I want God to get to the point. He looks down at the palace of praise and says, you know what? I'm just going to change those people's mind. I'm going to just deliver those people and get them to that church so the church will shut up about those things. Come on. That's the Read the story. Isn't that exactly what the story says? And that's God talking. He said, man, they're bugging me so much, I'm going to get up out of bed, I'm going to go get the bread, and I'm going to throw it out the window and hit him in the head. Because he keeps bugging me. <laughs> I know you guys are going, no, I'm talking about the importance of prayer, folks. we got to keep doing what we're doing, even if we don't see the results that we want to see, things are still happening. Our prayers are not wasted, our voice is not wasted. Our breath is not wasted. Folks, when we're talking to God, we're laying up mercies. We're building in a bank account for God. And God is going to pay it back to the church. 
Come on, if you believe that, can somebody shout amen? Oh, I believe that tonight. I'm looking at my little clock there, and time is passing away, and we're going to have to stop right there, and we'll do part B another time. Amen. Let's stand. But I'm going to tell you, folks, don't get discouraged in your prayers. I've heard testimony of people saying, well, I prayed for them 15 years, and finally they got the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Folks, I don't I mean to embarrass them, but there's somebody here we've been praying for 18 years. <laughs> They're here. Thank God we didn't give up and they didn't give up. God is going to do a work in His perfect time. Amen, amen, amen. You know what? Get this. Go back to the story. He may not do it because we're His children. We may do it because we're nagging Him so much. Because it says not because we're friends. <laughs> hey, it's God. You've got to relate the whole story. You've got to look at every point of the story. And that's what He said. He said, it's not because their friends are doing it. It's because they're nagging. He may, be, he, he may not be looking at you're my children, I'm going to do that. He may be looking back and saying, I'm going to shut them up. Just going to do what they ask me to do. But he's only going to do if it's according to his perfect will. He's not going to step out of his perfect will. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep praying because I know one thing, it's the will of God, and that's that every soul be saved. Hey, Amen. It may not be a will of God for me to have you know, really expensive sports car, but I know it's the will of God for everybody to be saved. So we need to keep praying, folks. God's given us revival already. Now we're going to have revival. We're already having revival right now. We're having souls receive the baptism. Oh, we got Bible studies going right now, and Bible studies that we're working on right now starting, folks. God is doing some great things. Amen? Lord, I thank you tonight for your precious word, God. I thank you, Lord, you've given us the privilege of prayer, Lord. Thankful, God, that we have an opportunity to commune, Lord, with the King of glory, the Almighty God. Thank you, Lord, again for your precious word we've read tonight and studied tonight to understand, Lord, a little more about you, God. Give us a desire, Lord Jesus, to see more done, God, in prayer. Lord, help us, God, to seek your face, Lord, according to your perfect will. Not our will, but yours being done, Lord. Direct us, God, in our prayers that we would not pray, oh God, and waste our time. But, Lord, we would be praying, God, according to the Spirit leading us. I pray, Lord, tonight, bind us together, Lord, in a spirit of prayer at the palace of praise. That we, oh God, in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirit, Lord, would be praying together, Lord, for your perfect will to be done in the Aloha and Beaverton area for backsliders to be restored for individuals to receive a revelation of who you are that individuals in this house God be delivered Lord every chain be broken every wall be torn down God your will be done Lord in every one of our lives and we fulfill God your will every day God your purpose fulfilled in our life in the name of Jesus we give you all glory and honor and praise thank you Jesus